to Campfire Fireside Chats. This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Welcome, campers, to this week's Fireside Chat. Just a couple of quick announcements, and then we'll get to this week's guest. Patreon.com slash Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. Choose the tier that best suits your preferences, and get access to exclusive and discounted merch, behind-the-scenes looks at the writing and editing process, two weekly shows, Lights Out, which is an exploration of short horror, and Midweek Weird, a 40 and News update. We have a couple of bigger monthly shows in the works as well. Now, in addition to all of this, you can get monthly swag bags filled with cool campfire merch. So what are you waiting for? If you want the whole world to know that you're a diehard camper, go find the link in this episode's description, or go through our link tree on any of our socials, and check out our merch store. Stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, all with the fantastic design work by Jonathan Dodd, Easton Hawk, and the Crescent Hair. While you're in that link tree, tap on the Discord button and come join the community that we're building. Our Discord is a place where we can connect with all of you on a more personal level. So get over there and join the fun. This week we had the absolute pleasure of sitting down with the owner and operator of Cryptid Comforts. She has spent the last eight years filling the market and our hearts with some of the most adorable and beautifully designed stuffed cryptids. She's a certified veteran of the paranormal convention circuit and offers a truly unique perspective on the value of paratourism and small-town festivals. We also managed to drag out a few paranormal experiences of her own that were truly chilling. Go follow her and check her schedule, because odds are she'll be in a city near you sooner than you think. And with that, let's get into it. All right, Lisa, thank you. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I like we seem to have lots of mutual friends online, but you know, oh, yeah. we haven't really connected one on one very often. Um, but by seeing your stuff everywhere, like you're clearly a big part of the the community. So I I'm really Ooh, excited is that to have kitty you behind you. Oh yeah. That is <laughs> that's Cosmo. Oh, there's two kitties back there. Yeah. You'll you'll probably see several throughout the evening. I kicked mine out of the room because he <laughs> likes to steal my bobbins and make a racket. So. You sweet kitty. Oh yeah, my uh, my wife goes through the same stuff with. I mean, she's she's a vet tech, so we we've ended up with lots of cats over the years. But uh, yeah, yeah, we've kind of collected them along the way. But yeah, she every time she's sewing, they're up there like grabbing mm-hmm. stuff and. Just one of mine does it. One of mine sneaks into the craft room every chance he gets and steals bobbins. Yeah. And then screws them all around the house. Oh, man. And that's the worst, right? And you yeah. just find a thread and you're like, I know if I, I, I pull all this. I have to follow the I'm thread gonna, yep. all the way. Yeah. Just going to be unraveling it the whole way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ah, <laughs> oh, working with cats. Yeah. I mean, I bet someone, you know, because obviously your your job is 
that sewing machine, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah I've got three sewing machines, an embroidery machine, and yeah, yeah. that is so like, constantly going. My wife just sews like as a, a hobby, right? It's like just a side thing, and I, I'm constantly finding like bobbin threads, and so I can't imagine someone who like like you who is doing it all the you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's a big part of your life so oh, i'm sure yeah, no i'm always finding loose thread on me and pieces of fabric stuck to me pins ah yeah. Uh, yeah a few of those too <laughs> my cat yeah. knocked over an entire tub of, of pins the other day and i was picking them all up off the floor oh man yeah he's That's, a terror yeah. <laughs> They're they're a joy and a terror, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so the the first thing I really wanted to get into was because you mentioned before off mic that like you've been in, we'll call it the cryptid game for a while, like before it really yeah. started taking off. So I really wanted to like pick your brain about what you've kind of what your journey's been and what okay. what you've seen happen with the with the cryptid community over time. Uh, it's been incredible seeing how much growth there's been in the community. And also, I mean, I've learned so much from people in this community who have helped me like with social media and trying to figure that out and watching that grow. And I mean, I first started doing cryptid in like, I guess it was 2015, 2016, maybe. Wow. Um, so that's kind of when I started to transition. By 2017, I was only doing cryptids. Um, before that, I was making all sorts of stuffed animals, like regular animals. Started right. off with a sock monkey. This was probably about 11 years ago now. I had never sewn anything in my life. And wow. uh, one morning, we had just moved to Portland, Oregon, and uh, I didn't have a job yet. I don't think I had a job yet. I may have just started working, but had a day off. Hard to remember. Um, Joshua was heading off to work, and he asked me what my plan was for the day. And I said, I'm going to make a sock monkey. He looked at me very confused and was like, uh, do you know how to do that? I was like, no. He's like, then how are you going to do it? I said, Google. (laughs) So I proceeded to spend the entire day sewing by hand a silly little sock monkey. And nice. uh, I, you want to see him? He's sitting right here. Yes, I would love to see it. Oh my goodness, he's so ugly. It's amazing. So <laughs> this is the first stuffy I ever made. Oh, that's awesome. Yep, all hand sewn. It took me about eight and a half hours to make this ugly guy. Yeah. Made with love. I will keep him forever yeah. because this this sock monkey changed my life. I like started it all, right? He started it all. Me having a hankering one morning to make a sock monkey literally changed my life. That, yeah, that's awesome. I remember uh, um, back around the, that time, they used to sell those like sock monkey kits. Mm, you know, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember doing those with my wife when we were just, you know, when we had babies, when our babies were babies. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any of those. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so it's it all started with this ugly sock monkey, um, and then I just kept making more because I enjoyed it, and uh, then you know started making other sock animals. And for a few years, it was just sock animals. 
And uh, I started a little business called In a Stitch. That was the original name of my business. Um, That's cute. And uh, that was just mostly hand-sewn stuffed animals. Um, that year for Christmas, my boyfriend got me a sewing machine. So then I learned how to use that. And I still use that sewing machine as my primary machine. Wow. Um, yeah. It's held up quite well for a, you know, beginner machine. Yeah. Um, super basic, like $80 brother. And it's still going strong. Um, but yeah, I started in the cryptids because of, I was working at a school at the Portland Jewish Academy and teaching in their summer discovery program. So I got to create my own classes and kind of come up with whatever concept I wanted. And they would either, you know, approve it or say no, that that wouldn't work. But they always approved mine, which was great. (laughs) (laughs) But so one day I was also working at a coffee shop in the same building. Um, And one day one of my regulars said that I should teach my summer class on unicorn and call it unicorns, unicorns, unicorns. Like, I like unicorns and all, but that's a lot of unicorns. Yeah. Like maybe switch it up. And so I started thinking on it. I was like, unicorns, dragons, and Bigfoot. Oh, my. And that was yeah. the class. Nice. And uh, so starting off that class kind of led me down an interesting little rabbit hole into the world of cryptozoology. I mean, I knew a little, but not a ton. And so I started doing all this research, listening to podcasts. Um, the Hidden Creatures podcast was the, my go-to back then. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just really started loving everything, you know, that I was learning and getting really into it. And then uh, that was the same year as the very first Oregon Bigfoot Festival. So I signed up to be a vendor at that, and uh, seeing the crowd there and how much, you know, how into it people were and being able to, yeah. like, share that with people, and it was incredible. And from there, I just kind of slowly went more cryptid, less other stuff, and as I learned more, I did more, and by... January of 2017, I changed the name of my business to Cryptic Comforts and started all of this. Very, very different back then from what I'm doing now. But still, you know, Cryptid Stuffies was always going to be my specialty. But now, obviously, I have a huge range of other things. I've even written a book. And yeah, I've definitely branched out and I use so much more than just stuffies now but that was um, that was where I started when you when you went to that first um, Bigfoot convention did did the entrepreneur and you see the like oh yeah how dedicated the people were and like this is a like a tappable market oh yeah I made more money at that event than I had ever made at a regular event. And I was like, okay, these themed events really have more money-making potential for me. And still to this day, like I do street fairs and I make good money, but at a cryptid event, I always make more. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, when you're in the niche and everyone Mm -hmm. in the building is too. Right. Right. It's a specialty. And to find like-minded people who 
are into it is is something really special. Yeah, yeah. I think there's like a, a an unspoken bond between you and the customer in those situations, yeah. right? Yeah, because they know that you love it as much as they do. Right, and when they ask about some creature that they're not familiar with, and I get to tell them all about it, like I get excited yeah. to share information. And of course, the squonk has been my main one for the past like year or so. Mm-hmm. So you know, I love sharing that story with people because a lot of people still aren't familiar, and I'm spreading the squonk love. You can see my yeah. squonk head in the background there. I do, I do. <laughs> yeah, the 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 embroidery on those eyes is incredible. I mean, so I didn't, I didn't make the giant head, but I do the squonk yeah, stuffy. I mean, on the stuffy. Handy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've it's gotten... so, like, it. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I, I don't know much about the actual, like, process. I just know that, like, the eyes on the on the squonks that you make, they blow my mind. Like, oh, thank they, you. they look so good. Thank you. Yeah, I've gotten much better with my embroidery and really learning how to uh, design for my embroidery machine a lot better. Um, yeah. So that's been a learning curve because at first, when I first got the embroidery machine, I was like, all right, I'll start doing eyes and that, but I was just making them look exactly like they had when I was just cutting things out of felt. And yeah. now that I'm like, no, I can go deeper. I can get more intricate design work and, like yeah. really detailed stuff and the more I'm figuring out there the better my work is becoming and so every year I get a little bit better and you yeah. know I mean some Did things you, will um, never change but a lot of them are kind of slowly changing yeah evolving yes um, did you ever make a sock Bigfoot oh yeah oh, that's awesome Sold that at the first Oregon Bigfoot Festival. Um, that was one of the first things that sold, and they had made a couple of sock Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I would love a sock Bigfoot. <laughs> I'd never thought of that before, but yeah. Someday I'll awesome. make you one. Awesome. I know um, <laughs> you made a Kashtaka. I did. He's right there. Right? Yes. I love that so much. <laughs> I remember because we... I made a couple. I have a darker one somewhere, too. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of yeah, tried that's... to make it look like an otter. It's got really, really sharp teeth, but it's hard to tell. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite cryptid. I so, know. Yeah. Apparently, you and Charlie Sheen. I had no idea yeah. until Jeremiah posted about Charlie Sheen when I posted the Kush talk. I was like, what? <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. I, I didn't know until he brought it up either. That's, I mean, that's what he gets for being hip on the TikTok, right? He's like <laughs> all over there getting all that, all that weird information. Um, I try to use TikTok, but I always kind of forget that I have it. And same. I'm not very good with it. Yeah, same here. We um we were like all in on it for about a month, and then it just gets exhausting. It's so much work, yeah. the TikTok stuff. It blows my mind the way people have like transitioned without losing touch with cuz like when we first started every everyone was pretty solidly on Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. like that was the spot. And yeah. now people like Jeremiah and like Jeff from Strangeology um 
they're doing all this work on TikTok, but they still seem to be just as present on Instagram. And I don't well because I don't know you how can post it. your TikTok directly to Instagram. Yeah, but they're so like that's nice. Yeah, that's that's true. I I don't know. I maybe I'm just I'm just not good at it. You know. <laughs> And those either. guys are putting out like two or three videos a day and stuff. And man. yeah, I know Jeff's killing it with the videos for sure. Like I'm seeing his mm-hmm. posts all the time. I'm like, who has time to do all that? Like right. I tried really hard with my social media and like, I'm trying more with like reels on Instagram. Cause apparently yeah. I hear that's the way to do things now. And so I'm trying that, but it's just, honestly, it's time consuming trying to keep really up with is. social media. I know it's necessary, but. Yeah. I know it's like, I keep trying to tell myself this is like just as legitimate as a part of running a business now as anything else. It know? is. It, it actually really is. And yeah. I mean, you know, I have friends who are like, oh, I can't do social media anymore. And I was like, I have to. Right. Like, That's. There's no way around it. I do it for my business. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I hardly ever post on my personal Facebook anymore. <laughs> I don't even yeah, have a personal here. Instagram anymore. So yeah. I can't remember the last time I posted on my personal Instagram. Yeah. I kind of forgot yeah. it existed. It's before, just business now. Yeah. Before, before we launched the podcast, um, my wife and I both had been off of social media for like three or four years. Oh, wow. We just like, we were like, you know, focused on the kids and, yeah. and all that stuff. And we just kind of lost interest in, in it. But when I launched the podcast, I was like the first one of the first things I thought was I'm going to have to get back into this. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm, and I had like three or four years of catching up to do, you know. Right. Yeah. Just to get your name out there. And when I started, so I, I mentioned to you before, like that my first tour was in 2019. And yeah. when I left for that, I had maybe... 200 followers on Instagram and now I'm at almost 4,000 so I'm seeing that growth but it's also like I'm seeing other people who are growing just exponentially and I'm like okay because you could once you hit 10,000 you have more things you can do and you can put like links and stuff into stories and I'm like okay so trying to get to that goal and it seems like it takes four ever to actually like grow that but when i think about from 2019 to 200 to now 4,000, like that's significant growth yeah absolutely and i mean it's just it's so it's a hard nut to crack and if you're not computer savvy which i am not and like i'm not a tech person i'd rather just make stuff and let someone else do all that but i can't afford to hire (laughs) I know what you mean. Exactly. I'm, I'm lucky to have, um, in a co-host Ryan, who is very much a tech person. So, and I am not, I am not at all. My wife is a tech person and my partner is a tech person, but they, I'm not. So very nice. Yeah. It's really nice to have a co-host who's, you know, who can handle all that stuff and is happy to, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, that's the part of the business he wants to be handling. So, right. That, I just want to make really stuff well. and let someone handle the business part of the business. Yep. Same. I just want to write stories and talk about stuff and yeah. then just hand off the rest. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I do have some, some great people who help me with things like 
my mom helps me when I'm in town with like stuffing and stitching and things like yeah. that. My dad does all my 3D printing work, which is phenomenal. He's done such great work there. And then my friend Brandy helped me co-write the book. Um, and yeah, she That's awesome. came up with the concept for my Mongolian death worm t-shirt. And yeah. so I have, I have a, a good crew and you know, my boyfriend's super supportive of everything I do. He doesn't, really like doing any of it like he's sure. going to events and things like that but he he's certainly supportive and he came out to help me set up an event last week he's going to come out this week and help me set up and stick around for about an hour so i can run around in a swamp suit yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's making sacrifices for me but he does yeah. not enjoy events so <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that no that's awesome though that you have that like that support system of contributors, oh, yeah. you know, it's are... been amazing having such a great support system. Even my sister helped me come up with the, how to make the crack in. So yeah. she is not crafty at all, but she kind of figured out how we could make the crack. In. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes that, you know, getting that outside perspective make, mm-hmm. can make a big difference, right. From someone who isn't yeah. necessarily working with the same things right. you're working with. Yeah. And my niece is going to be at Mothman Festival with me. So I've really made it a whole family affair. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so that growth that you were talking about from 200 to 4,000 followers, mm-hmm. um, have you seen, um, I guess, like, what's, I'm curious about the conversion rate. Like, does it, as you're in, as your followers increase, are you seeing, mu- like, a similar or proportional conversion to sales um see that's trickier because my online sales aren't very good right now and i think a lot of that is because i keep closing my Etsy shop to go on tour and then yeah you know with etsy and their price hike i did the etsy strike and i feel like that caused my sales to plummet sure um i think that has to do i don't know this that I'm assuming something with the Etsy algorithm knows yeah. that I strike and strike, strike. yeah, strike, strike, strike. I think it's strike. Yeah, went on strike. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, somehow I don't know. I don't feel like my my work has been as visible, but but also going on vacation mode and things like that make your work less visible in general. So it's hard with my online sales right now to kind of gauge any of that. Because most okay. of my sales are still in person. Gotcha. Which is why doing events is so important for me. Yeah. And I, I mean, do a lot of wholesale also. Okay. Yeah. I I mean, it makes sense to me that that conventions are, are a big part of your business because you mm-hmm. seem to be at all of them. I mean, it's I don't right. know anyone who, no, yeah, so I don't know anyone who does them. Do. Yeah. I want to do so many more. Like I've already started my list for next year and it's already a little overwhelming. Yeah. I have 14 events listed that I want to do already for next year. And I'm like, that leaves me being gone from home like six months. And at some point, like I, I was trying to organize, oh, we're coming, we're organizing a squawk fest for next year. And That's then trying awesome. to, come up with the date to have it like i'm going through my calendar so it's like okay at some point i need to be in colorado i need to be home like otherwise i'm gonna get forced and it's gonna yeah. be 
<laughs> so I need to make an appearance at home every once in a while. So right. trying to uh, figure out how to balance my home life with work is tricky because, I mean, it puts a lot of stress on Joshua when I'm gone for too long because he has sure. to deal with all the animals. He has to go out of town for his job and taking the dog with him because we have a dog with issues. He's got anxiety. He can't have a pet sitter like our cats can. So he has to go everywhere with one of us has to be with him. Right. So it makes things tricky. And so trying to uh, figure out how to do all of that is is hard. But I want to be at every event. Really do, yeah. and I enjoy um, them. I have so much fun at these events, and you know, just being surrounded by people like me who yeah. are into this stuff and have fun with it, and just being goofy, and it's like my only social outlet. Yeah. So, I I loved seeing pictures at Cryptid Bash of the Squonk and the Hodag together. <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. We had so much fun. Uh, ben flew in for the event, kind of surprising everyone. I was the only one who knew in advance that he'd be there. Yeah. Because I was picking him up from the airport. So, right. yeah. So we made quite an entrance. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I. So, a funny thing. Um, a few months ago, I actually used because you posted a list of your schedule. You're like mm -hmm. con the conventions you were going to attend. And Ryan and I actually used that list to decide which ones we wanted to go to. Like, nice. which like, cause it's so hard to find like a comprehensive list of the conventions that are available. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm happy like, to help you with that. Th yeah. That would be awesome. Cause I, I always have trouble like, you, I mean, you can't just Google, like, paranormal conventions for September and get a list. You know what I mean? It's really hard right. to find that. It is. And, I mean, there's still ones that I'm finding out about all the time. And there's new ones. Like, there's going to be a Frogman Festival that was just announced. And that one's going to mm -hmm. be in March. I don't think there's any possible way I can go to that, even though I really want to play the Frogman. Are but they I doing that in Loveland? No, unfortunately, it's not in Loveland. It'll be in Cincinnati. Um, oh, okay. I love Loveland. Have you been there? I have. I went it, a couple years ago, but I was just getting into the stuff. Um, there's and, nothing like, about the Loveland frog there. Yeah. They they ignore him completely, pretend he doesn't exist. I know. It's and really sad. It's very... I know. I really like towns that really embrace their creatures, like yeah. Rhinelander, Wisconsin. Yeah. Pleasant West Virginia. <laughs> Hopkinsville. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. and I mean, even Hopkinsville only has a little something, but it's sure. cool. Um, but yeah. I, I guess I, Kelly I really... does more for them than Hopkinsville, right? Because Kelly has like a the Little Green Men Festival. But and Not anymore. Oh, they stopped that? I was supposed to do that event in 2020. I was signed up for it, but obviously we know what happened to every right. event in 2020. And, uh, yeah, they're just not going to do it anymore from what Aww. I've heard. So I kept hoping they would bring it back because I really wanted to do that one. Um, yeah, that's disappointing. And, yeah, it is. Um, but, yeah, from what I hear, it will not probably be making a comeback. I thought with, like, I'm, I, I assumed that especially when, like, Hellier blew up, that they would yeah. kind of ride that train. You know what I mean? 
you think? I am not exactly sure why they haven't brought it back. Um, yeah. I I've emailed them a few times, but... A lot of those little festivals are spearheaded by individuals, right? That are just passionate right. about it. And, you know, any yeah. manner of thing could happen in someone's personal life that would right. and know, I mean, take it out. It of could just be that someone else will pick it up at some point and yeah. take over doing it. I mean, they have the little park there that has the UFO. And yeah, I went there just this past couple months ago. Um, yeah. I was driving through and I stopped to see it and did a little photo shoot with my goblins on the... Yeah, it was fun. On the UFO. That's cool. I tend to do this. I take I take my stuffies, and I've done this since way back when I was just making animals. I would take them to the zoo and yeah. do photo shoots with the actual animals. That's cool. Yeah. I do, I do thing pretty much everything through. I do, I do just to amuse myself. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty much my goal. I think that's a, a shockingly um, successful business model, honestly. Hey, I think if, a lot of people have found success doing that. Right. And I mean, if other people find what I'm doing amusing too, awesome. Yeah. But yep. I mean, at least I enjoy it. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a win-win, you know? Right. Um, yeah. It's just icing on the cake if it also helps you pay your bills. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, thank goodness it has because uh, I'm really loving not having to uh, work in food service anymore. Yeah. Um, or teaching anymore. Um, sure. I love teaching when I taught at PJA. Um, I have like a special bond with a lot of those kids. I still keep in touch with some of them. Um, but I worked at another school after that, and it was the worst job I've ever had in my life. And it stressed me out so much. I quit in the middle of the school year and wow. never went back to teaching except for at PJA. Yeah, it's um, it's a unique experience, for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's and it's not and for everybody, you know. No, it's, and yeah, I mean, dealing with special needs children, it, it's hard. It's rewarding, but it's hard. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, but that uh, my experience working with the Boys and Girls Club and their after school program was mm -hmm. so bad that I will never go back to teaching. Wow. Yeah. That's, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I have some friends who who work in special needs, and I think people don't people that don't do it don't understand the emotional toll that it takes. Absolutely, you know, and it's it is, and it's not a it stress that you get to turn off when you leave the building. No, because you, you know? care about those kids. Yeah, and you know those feelings don't just stop when you walk out of the building. And I mean. As much as as I really bonded to some of those kids, like it became more. I, I had a bleeding ulcer. I was so stressed out, and yeah. I couldn't handle that job anymore. And uh, and I mean, it was upper management that was the real issue, not handling anything that came up. And, yeah. yeah. So that's a whole other story. But at the yeah. Jewish Academy, I had a great experience and working there was amazing and I would still even after I moved out of state go back in the summer and teach summer discovery there because I love it so much nice. so I miss it but um, yeah that's the only place I would ever teach so have you ever had 
like anomalous experiences or is this like strictly um, a, um you're into the folklore well i'm into the folklore um as far as any personal experiences i haven't had any cryptid experiences or none that i can prove sure i mean i guess you can't really prove a cryptid experience that's part of it no i <laughs> i imagine sometimes i used to uh stay at my friend lisa's house in in uh portland and she lived right on the Columbia River, so I'd go out and watch the river and look for a colossal clog. And sometimes I'd see stuff out there, but it's like, really, it's probably a floating log, a bunch of sure. seals or otters or whatever's out there. It's very, very I, doubtful any, that I ever actually saw a colossal clog. Any otter could be a kushtaka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I... I you know, I've never actually had a cryptid experience that I would say, oh, wow, I don't know what that was. There's no yeah. possible logical explanation for that. Um, I have, however, had as a child, well, as a child and as a young adult, um, had some experiences that I would classify as kind of ghostly. Okay. Um, yeah, as a child, we were renting a house for about a year in Walton, New York, um, before we moved to Tennessee. Um, and I'm pretty sure there was some weird stuff going on in that house. And every night, in the middle of the night, I would feel three taps on the middle of my back. Ooh. And at first I thought it was my sister messing with me, of course, because that's what big sisters do. Yeah. And then uh, one night, like, still wait, waiting for it to happen so I could bust her doing it. And that's when I realized it definitely was not her. And that's when it became a little scarier. Um, another night, we heard voices coming from down the hall and, you know, which, of course, my parents were like, it's probably just an open window. We're like, no, there is no way that was from the street. Mm -mm. And then yeah. another time, I remember us coming home, and we used to play up in the attic, and the person who owned the house was a uh, owner of a pizza place in town. And so we had, you know, those old guest check books where you write down orders? Yeah. Um, so we had a bunch of those stacked in the attic, and... Me and my sister would go up and we would play up there and, you know, pretend to take orders and stuff. And, sure. you know, just be silly. We were kids. Yeah. And, you know, you can make anything fun when you're a kid. Uh, even food service could be fun before you actually had to work in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So one day we came home and we went up to the attic to play. And there was a pile ripped off. All the guest checks were, like, ripped off of a book and just piled in the middle of the floor. And we knew that was not how we left the room. So yeah. little things like that happened frequently in that house. Um, and yeah. The, t I, I the tapping is very creepy. Mm -hmm. Just oh, It yeah. was always three. Mm -hmm. Always three taps in the center of my back. That's interesting. Yep. Middle of the night, three taps. I mean, in my mind, That's... I always think that it happened at three in the morning, but I don't actually know what time it yeah. was. I, I don't think I was checking the clock. I just know it was the middle of the night. I have but... I have a theory that the three a.m. thing is just like the um, the human mind, their um, 
propensity for rounding things. Like, oh. oftentimes when someone's on their way, they'll say, like, I'll be there in five minutes. You know, they don't say, mm-hmm. I'll be there in six and a half minutes. I think when right. people think the middle of the night, the they first thing three. they think is 3 a.m., right? Now, I did, as a, as a young adult in my early 20s, have a 3 a.m. experience. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it does seem to happen. The number three repeats a lot in my uh, weird ghostly whatever demonic yeah. I don't know what they are experiences <laughs> um but yeah one night I'm dead asleep in my apartment my roommate's also asleep and all of a sudden at exactly 3 a.m full blast the stereo comes on she and I both run out of our rooms into the living room prepared to yell at the other one for what the hell are you doing in the middle of yeah. the night and realizing that neither of us had done it. We were kind of like, huh, interesting. And the <laughs> song that came on, so this was back, you know, when you had the five disc CD players. Yeah. And her CD, it was her CD that came on in the middle of the night. And it was in disc three, track three. 3 a.m. Oh. Full blast. Okay. Wow. That is weird. Yeah. Super spooky. And she had some other weird stuff happen before she lived with me. And it always revolved around her music equipment. Okay. So, yeah. Strange, strange energies were happening there. So it seemed appropriate that, you know, with us together, my thing with the threes and her thing with the music yeah. <laughs> would uh, collide I mean- into a weird evening. Yeah, I mean, that's funny because I've always I've always wondered about because people tend to have, you know, some people are sensitive to this stuff and some people are less. Um, mm-hmm. And I I've always wondered about the the cohabitation thing where like two people come together and might live together for a couple of years. And if both of those people have these like histories of of anomalous experiences I, I've always wondered what happens when they come together, right? Yeah, that's like, the only time I really remember anything weird happening with us living together. We lived together for a really long time. Okay. That's, that's the only thing I can recall that was particularly weird. I I think the creepiest thing you talked about is the tapping, for sure. Yeah, no, that was super creepy. Yeah. I was yeah. seven years old at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's weird. Um, yeah, the uh, I think oh, most people consider like uh, actual physical contact to be pretty high on the spectrum of experience, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's that's interesting. Thank you for sharing the yeah. your stories. Um, that's yeah, that's really cool. I I hadn't heard you talk about those before, so yeah. Mm. Um. I'm like I talked about it on one podcast at one point, but I can't remember when that was, or if it was even. It might have been Jeremiah's podcast, and it might have been for like the After Hours second yeah. that was only for Patreon or something. Hard to remember. That's what t- that tends to be when he gets into the weird stuff. Yeah. So before we before we wrap up, what what are your plans for the next few weeks? I know I imagine lots of conventions, right? Uh, so this weekend, Monster Day in Greeley, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm taking a couple weeks to uh, get ready for my next coming up events. Um, 
which will be, I have Pagan Pride in Louisville, Kentucky, September 10th. And then obviously the Mothman Festival, right. September 17th, 18th, um, with the pre-event happening the evening of the 16th. Um, I'm not sure if I'll set up on the 16th or wait till the 17th for that, but I will be at Mothman definitely 17th, 18th, and uh, I will have some squonk sightings going on there. So I told people to come early to uh, get some photo ops because it will get very hot in that suit. Yeah. Um, And then the week after that, oh, kitty, hi, will be the uh, Van Meter Visitor Festival. Which I'm also very excited about. That yeah. is another awesome event. I did it last year for the first time, and it was amazing. That's one that we really wanted to go to. Um, yeah, but come, I, it's so fun. Yeah, we really want to. I know, I know like Jeremiah is going to be speaking at it this year, oh, yeah. and yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, be a Laura good Cram will be there. Um, so looking forward to finally meeting her in person because we've been online friends forever and I've still not met her in person. So yeah, it's going to be a a good event last year. It was really awesome. Like the vibe there is really good. Everyone was so positive and sweet and just like friendly and outgoing and like just a, a general sense of joy. That's awesome. Yeah. There was like no negativity at all anywhere. Yeah. And I really do you find enjoyed... that as someone, as someone who travels a lot, do you find that more common in certain regions than others? Well, I find that, you know, I mean, at cryptid events, most people are just there to have a good time. And yeah. so we're all about fun. I'm not sure how to explain what was going on at Van Meter, but it seemed like a little more so, like, okay. as far as the vibe went. I don't know. I was just feeling really overwhelmed by how good everything yeah. felt there it's it's hard to explain but i really really enjoyed that one and i mean it was busy but it was small and it's yeah. an interesting event but i i had a blast and really i'm looking forward to that one again um and then i will go back to colorado and uh even though there's a few more events i want to do on the east side it just makes sense i'm already halfway to colorado i'll just go home so I've yeah. got a couple of events in October out here, just um, some mystical markets through Denver um, Makers. Yeah, the Denver Makers Market is what it's called. So I'm doing yeah. that on, I think, the 12th and the 22nd or something, 20th? I can't remember the dates. Something in October. 15th and 20. Yeah, 15th and 22nd, I think. Okay. Um, yeah. Where's the Where's the best place for people to go to get like a list of everywhere they can find you? Uh that would be my Instagram, um, which is at cryptid underscore comforts. Um, I have my dates listed in my feed a few times and update there frequently. And uh, yeah, I'm always sharing what events are coming up through at least through my stories or something if not a post awesome but, yeah yeah and links for everything will be in the in the episode description so anyone awesome. who wants to keep up with what lisa's doing definitely just open up the episode description and it'll be there for come you come find me on instagram yeah absolutely thank you so much for doing this hey I, thanks I, for I, having I, me i always enjoy coming on podcasts and talking cryptids and weird stuff yeah absolutely 
Thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. And if you want more, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. It's there you will find bonus content behind the scenes or just keeping up on our day to day and maybe some swag along the way. It is our way to show thanks for your support and do everything we can to provide you with as much content as possible. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. With that said, we want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And lastly, we do have our merch store. You can find the link available on all of our social media or via our link tree. Show your support. Buy a shirt. Buy a sticker. Buy a blanket. Buy a pillow. Anything that you want to rep Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.